0: Hey, CT family, welcome to the Healing Place podcast. I'm Brian Hackney, the director of the Healing Place. And whether you heard about us on the weekend services or someone shared this episode, we're glad you're here. Welcome home. Pain and suffering is something that's universal to all of us. In today's podcast episode, Ross and Glenna and I talk about how we'll do a hundred different things to avoid suffering, to avoid pain. We plead with God to take it away. But what if the very thing we're struggling with and we're battling could be the way that God extends grace into our lives? We're excited for you to join us in our discussion. So here we are. Glenna, Ross, thank you guys for being
1: here. Yeah. Happy to be here.
0: So, yeah. Yeah. As we were talking, I want to just truly thank you guys for being here. I know it's a little daunting to come in and um, to do anything on microphone or on video, but there is a why that's greater than our uncomfort, right? We want to help people, and I love that Toby's doing this mental health series, and so hopefully we can all put aside our anxiety Mm -hmm. and just come in here and talk so that we can go deeper into these, uh, these topics so that people can you know, log on when they're in the car, when they're working out, Mm -hmm. and um, hopefully just dive deeper into their thorn, into anxiety, into depression, and into their shame. So I want to just start off, he read this passage out of 2 Corinthians about Paul and Paul's thorn. So I just want to read this. So in verse 7, the end of verse 7 is saying, because of these surpassingly great revelations... Therefore, in order to keep me from becoming conceited, bless Paul's heart, right? (laughs) I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me. So three times he pleaded with the Lord to take it away. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults. Are you crazy, man? Seriously? In hardships, (laughs) in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong guys, this is so counterintuitive, especially mm-hmm. for the West, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. To actually boast in weakness, we are not taught that, Mm-mm. right? It's in our mother's milk to be strong and to never let them see you sweat, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So first, before we dive more into that, any guesses on what Paul's thorn actually was? Any uh, hypothesis there? I know people have you know, debated <laughs> that for years. Y'all have any insight
1: on that? No. I don't know. I don't know. No? What, what have you, like, what have, yeah, what I have you know? heard? I don't know.
2: Like I have idea like I've heard like maybe it's you know him losing his sight. Yeah. yeah. or a physical illness and I don't know kind of my personal philosophy is that in that culture maybe it was the people coming against him. Reminding him of who he was before he was Paul, yeah, or other things in the culture, because here he is bringing the message to Gentiles, yet he's a Jew, yeah, and so like two opposing um, cultures, right? And so I don't know, maybe no, I love that, maybe the messenger of a human being saying like, you're not good enough, you don't have what it takes, like. Who do you think you are?
0: Exactly. The messenger of Satan. And what did Satan do? He deceived. He lied. Mm -hmm. Hey, you know, he whispered in the ear, you're not good enough. Hey, dude, you were the killer of Christians. Mm. Right. You know, Barnabas had to go into these houses with him. I'm Mm -hmm. sure he stormed into houses and everybody's ducking under the tables Mm. going, wait a minute, it's the killer. And Barnabas go, no, he's cool. He's with me. Like, and so he had to be an advocate in those situations. So yeah, the shame of his past, The the shame of what he had done under the pretenses of being this zealot for Christianity or actually for Judaism, mm-hmm, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, yeah, to be thrown in his face. And it said something, like he mentions in another passage, like, I know some of you would, like, give me your own eyes if you could. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and so that maybe hinted at the fact that he was losing his sight or mm-hmm. that he had some kind of ideal... Um, well, he was blind. I've heard blinded. he got blinded and right. maybe there was some carryover. right. Obviously, that was there was a revelation where he could see again. Right. <laughs> anyway, um, so yeah, yeah. Some some people said maybe he stuttered. Uh, some maybe he he got anxiety because he was speaking a lot. Right.
2: Right. And well, so, and then the scripture saying like he's bolder in word, like the written word, versus like you show mm-hmm. up and you're not as bold with your words. Like, mm-hmm. what's up?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So when I, when I let's go back to the the people of the West, how we've been trained. So we feel. Embarrassed when we feel weak. I mean, a lot of times I, you know, you've heard me talk. Uh, so many men that are angry. We say underneath the anger, there's many times fear, mm-hmm. sadness, or shame. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't feel too masculine, so we mask mm-hmm. that. It just comes out as anger. That's mm-hmm. our default, right? right. So, um, to be able to boast in a weakness, this, like I said, this is so counterintuitive. Ross, talk about how. What I believe is transformation Mm -hmm. only comes with pain. Mm -hmm. Only comes spiritual formation, growth, Mm -hmm. maturity as people. It there's like there's no other path. It has to be with pain. But don't we do everything to avoid pain? Yeah, isn't that what we're about?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think one one thing we can look at is just the idea that uh, we avoid failure at all costs. That we are a success driven culture. And uh, we, you know, are allergic to failure. We do everything we can to try and avoid it. And uh, oftentimes, we, our greatest lessons um, are, are found in failure. I love this quote from uh, David Brooks. He wrote this book called The Road to Character. And he talks about how pain forms us and forms our character. And he says, most people shoot for happiness, but feel formed through suffering. Mm-hmm just this idea that like we we often dream about having happiness and how we can enrich our lives and how we can increase the joy in our lives but often when we look back at the things that are most powerful and the turning points in our lives there were points of pain they weren't points of happiness there were points of pain where something new was formed in us or we reached a new level of understanding awareness, um, of, of you know, transcendence in, in who we are as human beings, um, those are moments of pain and suffering. So I think just that aversion to pain that we feel, and, and that doesn't mean that we need to seek out painful experiences, but it does mean that we can we can learn to embrace a curiosity about the place that God has us, even if that's a painful place that feels uncomfortable.
0: It's what I thought of when you said we wouldn't seek that out. Uh, I've heard Richard Rohr refer to that as enlightenment at gunpoint. Mm-hmm. We have never chosen this situation. Mm-hmm. The the growth that my wife and I experienced through the, the birth and life and quick death of my son Corbin, mm-hmm. it was profoundly life-changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously, no mm-hmm. one would choose to lose their child, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But the growth that happened as a result of that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it, it was, again, it was... Everything that formed us into who we are—my relationship with God, as I know it, my priorities, my values, how I treat my family, how mm-hmm. I see time mm-hmm. and eternity—everything was shaped by that. Mm-hmm. And no one would choose that. Mm-hmm. So enlightenment at gunpoint, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I love that expression. Yeah,
1: yeah, for sure. I think too, you know, like when I think about pain, and when you bring up losing Corbin, um, I obviously haven't experienced anything like that, and. I think so often one challenge that we face is that we discount our experience and our pain. So I can say, well, since I haven't gone through what you've gone through, my pain doesn't count or it isn't as important or I can't be formed through it. When in reality, I love, there's a, a, a grief therapist who says, you know, your greatest loss is your own. You know, the greatest pain that you've experienced is your own and we can be formed through that. So I think our our society and our culture, uh, we, we always try to deflect and compare our pain to someone else's. Well, it could always be worse, which is a great, it could be a positive thing to, to move towards gratitude. But if we don't embrace and recognize and own and dive into our painful places, which is uncomfortable, then we'll never truly grow, and we'll never truly find the freedom and the the fulfillment and the satisfaction of life that God really has for us in our future. It
0: sounds... When, thank you. It, because our pain is personal, mm-hmm. so it's intense, mm-hmm. and it's, it's, it's unique to us. It's not... It's, it's unique to everyone, right, because they have their own experiences. It's universal, mm-hmm. uh, the, the the fact that we all have pain and we all suffer. But when you are suffering, you're looking inward. Mm. And so one of the anecdotes is obviously, like you said, gratitude and looking outward. But for a time, there's grief and there's mourning, and mm-hmm. you're looking inward. And because it's intensely personal, I, I, something you just said, I try to have people... Embrace their own pain and not compare it, yeah. not to minimize it or discount it because oh, it wasn't as bad as so and so's. Right. Um, so, there in, in Roar's book, the wisdom pattern, uh, which I said earlier, I wanted to talk about in mm-hmm. actually another one of our podcasts, but um, it just reminded me there's this order, disorder, reorder. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say fall, winter, spring. Mm -hmm. You hear winter, something dies. Spring, something resurrects. Mm -hmm. New life begins. The Bible would call this, so there's order, disorder, or chaos and reorder. Uh, Fall, winter, spring. I love the Bible says life, death, resurrection. Mm -hmm. There is no resurrection before there's a death, Mm -hmm. and we all have to die. Mm -hmm. So... Here's Paul is pleading three times, will you please take this away? Mm -hmm. It's like, you've got to die. Otherwise, you're living in your own strength. And I want you to be able to boast in your weakness because Mm -hmm. now my power, my strength is manifest in you. And hear me, there's no nonstop flight from box one to box (laughs) three. You have to go through the necessary dying. Mm -hmm. Daily, take up your cross and follow me, the Bible says. Well, that sounds good, but where are you going Mm -hmm. when you take up your cross? You're going to die mm. and dying sucks. Dying is hard. Nobody mm. wants to die. Right. So talk about has so the very thing that we're wanting God to take away many times <clears throat> is the thing that if we stay with it, God's mm-hmm. going to use to transform us dramatically. Glenna, you talked earlier off, you know, Mike about some some personal Uh, thorn that you endured in your life. Talk
2: about that. Right. So that thorn would look more like anxiety. Mm -hmm. And, um, so when I first started working at cross Timbers, like we worked together and like, I didn't even want to pray in front of other people Mm -hmm. in our, even in our small little team. And so, um, and that anxiety was from even like, high school, I remember it. And I, so I started putting myself, we talked about exposure. I started putting myself, um, in position where I had to like step out Mm. and grow. And so like, um, I entered like Miss Texas teen USA and had to put myself out there. (laughs) Like when I went to college, I tried out for cheerleader and like, that was like being very vulnerable because it was so, so much anxiety. Mm -hmm. And then like, still having it where i was still nervous about praying in front of people or speaking in front of people sharing what's like on my mind um so surrendering that like and somebody came up to me and said hey what if god intended you to have a voice like through prayer or to share your voice with others. And I'm like, what? What if Satan is coming to tell you, like, you can't have a voice, you don't have a voice. What if that's the very avenue or vehicle God was wanting you to use, wanting to use through you? And so I really had to pray about that and go, oh, man, what if that is true? And so I started surrendering that. And so God and I had this conversation about he was telling me like, you run from opportunities to speak in front of people because of that anxiety that Mm -hmm. comes up. And so I said, okay. And he, and he said, I need you to say yes and quit hiding and running. And I said, okay, I will say yes. And so within the next 24 hours, I got a call from uh, TKU asking me to just sub in to teach a class. And I'm like, Oh God, are you sure? <laughs> like already? And I had to say yes, but I said yes. And I was scared. Mm-hmm. I did it. And it ended up like I was subbing into a class and it was a three hour class. It wasn't like a 45 minute class, mm-hmm. but I did it. And, wow. um, God has since like, I've had opportunities to, 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 use my voice or to go ahead and speak in front of people. And he's actually it's like, that's my weakness. And so like I give him the glory because it's him. It is only him that shines through.
0: That is so good. In another episode, we're actually going to talk about how avoidance is the problem that's mm-hmm. so uh, with so many things because we avoid them instead of pressing into them. And we'll right. talk about it with anxiety specifically. Right. Um, so that's good that you face that and you actually grew, you faced your fears mm-hmm. and now God given you all these great opportunities. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with, when we over, you know, spiritualize things. Mm-hmm. So, um, what do you say to people when, uh, they say, did God really give me this because He wants me to grow? It seems like God is cruel or mean, like He would put you give give you this thorn in your side. Mm. Um, so, what do you say to people who say that that feels like God is against me when He gives me this and He's expecting me to grow? Like, what lesson am I supposed to learn? Thanks a lot, God. <laughs> you, you see what I'm saying there, right?
2: But I always, I don't know if I say <coughs> God gave this to me as much as I have to remember there is an enemy. And like this says, this is a messenger from Satan. And like, we have to remember who that enemy is because there is an enemy. (laughs) There is an enemy. And we have... It wasn't given
0: by God. It it was was given by a messenger of of Satan, Satan, if you will, or Satan himself. And so
2: it's an opportunity to say, you know what, God, I'm like, what am I going to do with this? I'm going to take it before the Lord and say, what are you going to do with this? How can I respond to you? How can you get glory how do i surrender for your power to be seen
1: i think too that 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 you know something that's interesting when you look at this verse is you see such a movement of like awareness and of growth in paul in three sentences but that took a lifetime for him to really uh to grow and to learn and to walk into and you know that's what's hard about scripture sometimes is that there's all these incredible wisdom statements that we forget, like the people who are living them and who are experiencing them, it took them a lifetime to get to the point to understand that. So to boast in my weakness or be grateful for my thorn, like that wasn't just a thing that happened in Paul overnight. And, uh, you know, we sit with people, I sit with people and you guys sit with people who are in the middle of their thorn in the middle of their pain. And it's incredible when we can get to the point where we recognize the purpose of our pain and be grateful for our pain. But in that moment, we're not grateful for that pain. So I think that there, just like, there's a movement of awareness and of growth and of, you know, transcendence in recognizing what this means for Paul, uh, there's also timing and how we understand what God is doing in our life. So it's, it may not be that we can fully grasp the fact that God is giving us this thorn or allowing it or whatever in that moment. And it's more important for, so if you are walking with someone who's experiencing, you know, a great pain, um, then you can, it's, it's not appropriate to say, well, God's causing this, so learn from it. Yeah. You know, it's appropriate to sit with them and recognize and acknowledge their pain. And then on the other end, you come to the point where you realize the, the value and the purpose and the great gift of pain that, that can often be experienced in our the lives. The reason why I brought up that question,
0: and that's a great explanation. I think so many times people hide behind a religious actually not embracing the pain, mm-hmm. they're actually denying it, they're not pressing mm-hmm. into it, using, God's just teaching me something, and puts the fake smile on, and the overly religious faith statement, mm-hmm. and they're actually not embracing mm. the, the hurt and the depth of the pain, and actually doing any growth or transformation from it. I mean, it, yeah, look right? at,
1: look at that, that desperation, like I just, my heart, you know, I get emotional, and, and my heart breaks when I hear, you know, I, I pleaded with God three times to take this away, like think about someone who is experiencing a great pain and they're like, God, all I want is for this to be gone. Like how many people do we sit with who are in the they place where they're like, I just want this to change. They
2: say the same thing. I yeah.
1: just want this to be over. I don't want to have to, don't want to have to deal with this anymore. And if in that moment we're like, well, God's just teaching you something.
2: <laughs> so so <laughs> no. God's
1: answer wasn't, I'm teaching you something. He didn't
0: say I'm maturing you. Yeah. He didn't say I'm growing you or I'm transforming you. He said, My grace is sufficient for you yeah so what what do you think that means? What does that mean? My
1: grace is sufficient for you i mean i i really I go back to I feel like this has been such a theme in my life and in those who I talk with uh, regularly is just the um the grace for the day, the grace for the moment, you know the uh you know the the the, the teaching from Jesus that says. You know, uh, that I'm going to don't worry about tomorrow because today has enough worries of its own, like that God has a purpose for you focusing on what's in front of you and not getting overwhelmed by what the future may bring or may um, may hold for you. And, you know, reading a, a blog from one of our friends, Todd, who said that we are children of the day. You know, that we, that, that God's purpose for us is this day. And so when, when I hear my grace is sufficient for you, I think, man, God has got me in this moment, in this second, in this hour, and in this day. And I can wake up, even if it's a hard season, and wake up and say, well, I woke up again and I can do it today. Maybe I can't do it tomorrow, but I can do it today.
0: Yeah. That's a so, word. Yeah. When, when you hear, you think about suffering and pain, and we would say... That's bad, that's bad. So please, God, take it away. This it it hurts. Mm -hmm. It's suffering, Mm -hmm. right? And by again, definition, we no one wants to suffer. Mm -hmm. And God, in saying, "My grace is sufficient for you," again, I'm not saying He gave you that thing. It could have been the the what did it say? The uh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Mm -hmm. God didn't do that. Mm -hmm. He didn't send that. But God didn't see that as a bad thing. Obviously, He didn't Mm -hmm. say it. He's okay, I'm going to take that away. He saw it as a positive. Mm-hmm. This is something that if you press into and live through with my grace, um, then it's going to grow you. It's going to transform you. What does applying God's grace to your thorn look like? Like mm-hmm. give, any, Think about clients, think about personal examples. Um, in other words, if my grace is sufficient, have you experienced that? Mm-hmm. Have you experienced in the in the face of a thorn not being taken away that God's grace was sufficient for you?
2: So I think over the past five years, like a lot of death in our family mm-hmm. and like Kirk being diagnosed with cancer. And there was like a time of just like... God's enough. Mm. God is sufficient. Like he is enough. And we rested in that. And through that season, I had it. I found a new meaning for resting in him. And I feel like it's race, resting in his grace, that it was sufficient to just be with him and his grace got us through. Like there was nothing else mm. but him. And so it's talking a little bit about you, what you're saying, like that death and dying and that surrendering, like I have God, it's sufficient, it's enough.
0: Yeah, I think, so you talked about timing and there's this, you know, Toby talks about in his book, this not yet moment, Mm -hmm. like I'm still, God's still there, he's given me Mm -hmm. grace, I'm still alive, I'm still breathing in and breathing out, I'm thriving, I'm not just surviving, but God has said not yet. So I'm still living, in Toby's case, with anxiety, Mm -hmm. with panic disorder. Mm -hmm. Um, So many times we think, okay, I'm going to press in, Uh, he's not going to take it away, but then it's going to transform me, and sometimes we think the transformation or the growth or the maturity, the enlightenment at gunpoint, then somehow... It does take it away. Like we get on the other side of it. Mm -hmm. And what I see here is Paul's gonna live with this until he dies. Mm -hmm. It reminds me, getting vulnerable here. I mean, I didn't wanna name specific thorns so much. And again, we can guess about Paul's thorn because pain is universal. Mm -hmm. Like I said, and suffering is universal. And I know everyone, um, you may not think of it as a pain or a thorn in your side. And we're gonna talk specifically about anxiety, depression, and shame Mm -hmm. uh, in future episodes. But just generalizing, your thorn may be anxiety. Like It could be depression. Mm -hmm. It could be a wound that you carried, something that you don't want to... You think about the pain that Paul was in Mm -hmm. to plead three times for something to be taken away. So I'm assuming it was something very uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. either emotionally Mm -hmm. or physically, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And he's praying for God to take that away. This may seem like a little deal, but it was what my son Carson said to me. I have and I'm not gonna share <laughs> this could be so funny what people <laughs> where is it? I'm gonna get all kinds of text or emails about this, but I have a uh, 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 I was gonna say birth defect it's a um oh it just escape me what's the word birth uh mark a birthmark so it's a a birthmark somewhere on my body <laughs> that that is that is um It's always been embarrassing, Mm. right? And so I've always wanted to hide it and cover it up. And literally, it's something as a little boy, and then as a, especially, you know, my teenage years, Mm. the peer, you know, stuff, um, I asked for God, God, why, why me? And I wish there was a way you could just take this away. Could you just take it away miraculously? I literally, and my son heard me talking about it one day. I said, man, I just hate this because I always got to cover it up. And I'm self-conscious. He goes, dad, what if... God doesn't want to take the birthmark away, what if He wants to take your self-consciousness about it away? Mm. Powerful. And I was like, oh my gosh, that was a revelatory... I mean, that was the voice of God speaking through my son. He yeah. yeah. was like 12 at the time. <laughs> but it, So if you think about what that means, just go through that. Why would I want to hide? Why would I be in pain about it? Because I'm ashamed of it. Mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed. Something was painful. Maybe it was traumatic. You know, and I'm just going to all the thorns out there. Um, but for me, so taking your self consciousness away, you think God would just wave a magic wand and say, "Okay, poof, you're not going to be worried about it anymore." No. What would make it? to where I wasn't that self-conscious about it anymore. Mm-hmm. I would have to expose myself and get into situations where I showed that birthmark, I wow. talked about it. I'm not gonna do it on this podcast, <laughs> but you know what? <laughs> right. as, again, it's not avoiding it, it's pressing into right. it. And as I showed, as I started pressing into that thought, so think about it, we isolate, we're in pain and we're suffering because we're alone. So part of facing God's grace with your thorn is telling other people about it. And as soon as you tell somebody about it, you know how many people are gonna say, oh my gosh, me too, Brian, I have something I'm ashamed of Mm -hmm. and I always have to cover it up. There's a connection. Mm
2: -hmm. Now
0: you mentioned something about the fraternity of people who've Mm -hmm. gone through something, Mm -hmm. the fraternity of people who've lost a child, Mm -hmm. the fraternity of people who were date raped, the fraternity of people who were abused or Mm -hmm. bullied as Mm -hmm. a child, the fraternity of people who... uh, grew up in a single parent home mm. or never knew their father right mm-hmm. and when you start talking about it and the implications and how that played itself out in your life when you finally say he didn't take it away god's grace is sufficient and you share openly now you've got community support you're not isolated mm. and i i will i'm here to tell you if you want to suffer less you pull up alongside someone else Mm -hmm. and you get in your fraternity, you get in your community and you say, me too, man, Mm -hmm. we can do this together.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of the quote that you always share. I don't know who it's from, but that we don't want solutions. We want solidarity, Mm -hmm. right? Well, our greatest need isn't solutions. It's solidarity. And, uh, I, I, you know, oftentimes we want a solution. We want to, we want to be able to pull the thorn out when in reality, when we can be able to, uh, Associate with others and connect with others. And, and, you know, I think our greatest need is, is acceptance and understanding. And when we find someone else who's gone through what we've gone through, and they can offer that understanding to us on a deep level, we're going to be able to more easily endure our pain more easily endure our thorn. And I, that's what I see on the other side, what Paul's describing here. It's not that his thorn is gone, but that he can walk through life with it and still feel uh, purposeful and still feel like he can bring impact to the world. And, and, and not that it holds him back, but that it's a, it's a point that he can push through and have perseverance and have consistency and discipline in his life to be able to uh, allow that work of God to come through him. So good. So good. Were you starting to say something?
2: No, I was just like soaking in (laughs) what he was saying. And I was thinking about how you were talking about like how when people first come to us, we say like, let's look inward. Mm -hmm. Let's with that suffering and with that pain, let's identify it. Let's normalize it. Let's be a witness Mm -hmm. to that which is in community, right? Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a reaching out where you're saying, let's reach in. So we do the reaching in and then that reaching out of community of finding somebody who shares that in common um, and just processing that because so many times just bearing witness to the pain yeah. is so healing, yeah. so healing. And then I think of the next movement, or where, not next that it goes in any order, but that upward mm-hmm that reaching upward to the Lord, like to say like, okay, I'm looking to you. Mm-hmm. Like you are sufficient. And just that process of the inward, the outward, the upward.
1: Yeah. So I think about, you know, real practical here in our world at Cross Timbers, like the fact that we get to feed people every Friday night at the Hope Center and and that stories are behind every steering wheel and that you know whether it's a social media post where someone who was sh- who was there at the Hope Center is sharing, you know uh, that someone six months ago was thinking about ending their life and now they're here and um, all of those you know the fraternity of suffering the fraternity of pain if we can if if we can give a real piece of practical advice like being able to just go serve someone can allow your suffering and your pain to be put in context of others. And you, your encouragement and your lifting the burden of someone else actually, in turn, lifts your burden as well.
0: Yeah. You said something, you're actually talking about someone else bearing witness to your pain. Mm-hmm. I think many times we don't bear witness to our own pain, mm-hmm. especially in the church. As Christians, we feel like, I shouldn't have a thorn. Like if I were, we deny if it. I had faith, if I were a Christian, mm. if God really loved me, I wouldn't struggle. And I'm, I want to say this out loud right here. We all struggle. We all suffer. Every to be alive right now in 2020 is to suffer. Mm. To be human is to suffer. Mm. Okay. That is the human experience. And it, and so the very fact that Paul came and said, God, will you please take this away? A lot of people don't come and plead with God because they somehow they're hiding. Which we're gonna talk about in shame. But they're hiding from God. Like he doesn't know we're struggling. Mm-hmm. Like he doesn't know we have that thorn in our flesh, right? Mm-hmm. That's tormenting us. And we feel ashamed of and embarrassed. Mm-hmm. But even to come to God and say, Will you please take this away? I love I think God's going, Yes, now you're talking. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. So you're coming to me about something that's deeply painful. Now I can work with this. And by the way, I'm not gonna take it away because in this suffering is where transformation happens. See, again, it sounds so simple. We like, yeah, 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 but how can we avoid it? Mm. Like, yeah, 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 you're talking about it, but how can we avoid it? Yep. Like, don't avoid it. Yep. I'm The challenge for everyone listening is to not avoid the pain. Yeah. And I, I will say this. Uh, so suffering is universal. So many times when we suffer, we get stuck in our suffering, mm-hmm. right? And we want to know how can we suffer less. And uh, I believe Jordan Peterson got me on this wavelength, but basically, I think in the church, you've heard of the purpose-driven church, purpose-driven life, and God bless Rick Warren's great, great stuff, but so many times we're waiting for God to, to give us our purpose. God, what's my purpose? Like, it's gonna drop out of the sky, okay? And I think what Jordan Peterson said in his book, 12 Rules for Life, he said that purpose is derived, purpose and meaning is derived from taking responsibility, God does his part. He's mm-hmm. doing his part. You take part and join him in the work of transformation, of growth, of maturity. And so when you take responsibility for things, meaning and purpose is derived from that, not the other way around. Mm-hmm. See, we think give me my purpose and then I'll go take responsibility. Mm-hmm. And just just check me on this. Go take responsibility for everything you can in your life and purpose and meaning will derive from that. And when you have purpose and meaning, you suffer less. Mm-hmm right? You suffer because you have no purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. And then you go help someone else suffer less by helping them take responsibility in their purpose, in their meaning. And now you're really suffering less because you're helping someone else suffer less. And that is the way it works. And that's why today I'm as passionate about the work that we get to do in the Mm -hmm. healing place as I ever have been. And maybe in my twenties or thirties or forties even, it was, I want to feel relevant. I want to feel powerful. I want to feel uh, popular. <laughs> <You> know. <laughs> and it was Henry Nouwen who said, avoid the temptation to be all those things. Just connect, be relatable, mm-hmm. be vulnerable, right? Me too. Mm-hmm. I don't wear a cape, right? I'm, I'm an equal. I'm a fellow struggler. And the minute I become confessional that gives people power hmm. and permission to confess their own thorn, right? That's right. That's right. It's good. Well, guys, thank you, guys. This is a great discussion. We're going to have a lot more of this with the next three episodes, but um, I really appreciate your time today. You guys be well.
2: It's great being here. Yes. Thank you.